Welcome to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Today we continue on a journey through a powerful series called God's Amazing Promises. In the upcoming lessons, you'll discover some of the most profound promises that God has made to you. And these promises are not mere words. They are keys to a renewed life, inner peace, and a hopeful future. But before we get started, have you ever felt you're made for something more or had a dream that just seemed out of reach? Then we've got the perfect resource for you. It's the brand new Created to Dream Journal. You can find out more by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part three of a message called God's Promises to You When You're Afraid of Failing. When you've gone through tough times, then you're going to cut some people other, some slack, because you know what it's like. That's why I won't hire anybody on my team who hasn't either A, had a major failure in their life or been through B, major pain. Because if you've never had any major pain in your life or never had any major failure, when you're around people in pain, your attitude is basically, well, get over it. It's very unsympathetic. It's very unkind. It's very uncompassionate. But when you've been through the ringer, you just have a little bit more grace. And when you've been shown grace by God, you're more gracious to other people. So, Pride is put in the toilet when, when you fail, and, uh, and, and failure can actually restrain arrogance and restrain your pride and, and promotes humility. I mean, if you had an unbroken string of successes in your life, you would be uns- insufferable. Nobody would want to be around you because you'd think everything you t- touch turns to gold. And, and that unbroken string of successes, you would be impossible to live with. Now, not only are we to learn from our own failures, but let me give you a little tip. We're to learn from the failures of everybody else. And if you learn from the mistakes of others, then you don't have to make them all yourself. Have you heard this phrase, it's wise to learn from experience? Well, of course it is. If you don't learn from your experiences, then your your experiences are wasted. Of course it's wise to learn from experience, but it's wiser to learn from the experiences of other people. Why? Because I don't have time to make all the mistakes myself. If you have to learn everything by personal experience, you're gonna die before you learn it all. But if you can read a book and learn from others and listen to testimonies and study the word of God and you learn from everybody around you and you go, I don't wanna do that, you just not only save time, but you saved yourself a lot of pain. It's wiser and it's also easier and it's also less painful to learn from the experiences of others, which is one of the reasons God gave us this book. There's not a single person in this book that they don't talk about the problems of the person along with the good parts, which is why I I know that the Bible is the word of God because it always tells the truth. It doesn't lie. And when it tells the good parts of guys, it also tells the bad parts. Why? Because you can learn from both. Look at the next verse. This is one reason God gave us the Bible. This verse says, these things, in other words, the things that happen to people in the Bible, these things are warnings in the Bible written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. They came before us, but we we are just as capable of messing it up as they were. Everybody say amen to that. Yeah, yeah, we're just as capable of messing it up as all the people did in the Bible. 
So everybody fails, no failure's final, but failure is the pathway to success if you learn from it and if you're humble. Here's the fourth thing to remember. No matter what happens, God's promises, God promises to use it for good in my life. No matter what happens, God promises to use it for good in my life. Now this is not a promise for everything, everybody. It's only a promise to believers who love him, who are trying to live according to his purpose. One of the most famous promises in the Bible, we're looking at promises in this series, is Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, that means even my failures in life, even my sins in life, even my bad, dumb mistakes in life, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who've been called according to his purpose. Now again, this is not a promise for everybody. Everything is not working for good in everybody's life. It's only working for good in the, if you're, if you're running against God, you're running away from God, everything's working for bad in your life. It's not working for good in your life. God is not obligated to work everything for good in your life if you're running the opposite direction. But if you're saying, God, I, learn, I wanna learn to love you and I want your purpose for my life, then even when I make dumb mistakes, God says, I'm gonna use it for good. So if I'm a businessman and I, and I love God and I'm trying to do the right thing and, and I get an idea for starting a business and I go out and I start this business and a year or two later, it falls flat on its face and dies. God says, that's okay, I can still bring out a good out of it in your life and I will. That is a dramatic fear lower because I know I can't lose. I can't lose. If I do something in faith and it works out great and it's successful, then it's successful. But if I do something in faith and it doesn't work out the way I thought it was gonna work out and it fails, I still can learn from it and God says, I will work it for good in your life. I can't lose. That means my fear of failure goes down dramatically that even if it doesn't work, God will still use it for good. Look at the next verse. 2 Corinthians chapter seven, verse 11. Look at all the ways in which your distress has goaded you closer to God. Are you closer to God when you're stressed out or when things are going great, when you're stressed out? People turn to God when they're in pain, when they are going through tough times. When things are going great in your life, you forget God. It's when everything starts going bad and you go, God, I need your help. I've seen more guys get serious about God when their wife said, I'm walking out. And they were totally oblivious to God until their wife said, I'm walking out. And now God has their attention. So he says, look at all the ways in which your distress has goaded you closer to God. You're more alive, you're more concerned, you're more sensitive, more, more reverent, more human, more passionate, more responsible. Looked at it from any angle You've come out of this with purity of heart. I love this message paraphrase of 2 Corinthians 7, 11. He says, you see, while, while you're interested in what you do, God's interested in what you're becoming. You're interested in your conduct and your contribution. God is interested in your character. And God says, I'm much more interested in what's happening inside you. Are you becoming the man I want you to be? Are you becoming the woman I want you to be? You're more interested in your accomplishments. God's more interested in your character. And he goes, look, even the bad stuff happened in your life, I'll use it for good. I'll build character in your life uh, uh, from this. 
Today I've got a couple stories I want you to hear. One of them is Kyle. Would you give him a warm welcome? I want you to hear his story of dealing with the fear of failure. Give him a warm welcome. All right, buddy. That's fine. Great. From a young age, uh, I was passionate about entrepreneurship. Growing up, my father planted the seeds for dreaming up newer, bigger business ideas. At a church camp in junior high, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior and dedicated my life to him. At the time, I knew that life would have its ups and downs, and I knew I needed him to help me through it all. And he actually gave me a verse during this time that I didn't know why. James 1, 2 through 4. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Okay, Lord. I went to college specifically to study entrepreneurship and began honing my skills at building early stage companies. In 2007, I led a team and wrote a business plan for solar energy project development. And after graduating, I joined a startup here in Orange County based on that plan. When we arrived in OC, my wife, Nabai, and I were excited to learn that we lived just down the street from Saddleback Church. And we quickly jumped into the 20s and 30s ministry group and went through all four classes. Over the next three years, the solar startup I had joined grew into a successful business. And we were eventually acquired by a larger publicly traded competitor. Things were going great. I had a new role with a successful company. I was doing everything I loved. But just a short year later, the layoffs started. I distinctly remember meeting with my two bosses, and when it became clear they were letting me go, I remember saying, if I'm not gonna sell solar for this company, what am I gonna do? The company was considered an industry leader, and I had taken on their brand as part of my personal identity. After being let go, I felt burned by people, and I feared that I would be viewed as a failure in my work. I wasn't sure I wanted to stay in the solar industry, and so I pursued my interest in electric vehicles and went through several rounds of interviews with one firm, but was ultimately not selected for the job. My wife and I and I prayed for months for the Lord to open the door to a new opportunity. Meanwhile, I began growing impatient. From there, I began to pursue opening my own small business um, until I quickly realized that I didn't want to be a one-man operation responsible for everything. So at this point, I had no clue where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do anymore, and that led to internal panic. Over the next few weeks, my mental state deteriorated and my behavior changed as my mind began racing to resolve the situation. My wife noticed and she voiced concern, but there was little she could do to help me. I was stubbornly focused on my need to rebuild my identity as successful in my career and get back to building something great again. I felt completely inadequate. Despite my deteriorating mental state, I reached out to an old contact at a national solar company based in Phoenix, and he invited me out for an interview. My wife strongly advised me not to go, but I pressed on despite her concerns. During that trip, I went into a full mental breakdown, and I ended up walking out of the interview only 10 minutes in. The breakdown was so severe, I couldn't even get on a plane to come back home. 
Fortunately, my brother was able to drive me home where my parents and my mother-in-law flew in to help me and help us get my life stabilized. A process that would last several months and began with me seeking guidance from our Saddleback pastors who advised me that I likely needed professional help and they committed to walking with us through this difficult time. By God's grace, we were able to find a very good doctor and began the path to treatment through both medicine and counseling. And it was during this process that I was finally able to let go of the control I wanted to have over my life. I needed to be open to whatever came next. The recovery I experienced over the next three months was nothing short of a miracle from God. Our whole family prayed to Jesus continuously for my mind to be healed. My wife would later describe this time as not being able to breathe without praying for an end to this trial. Jesus answered those prayers, and we began to see relief. And I started to look for work again. This time, it didn't really matter what job. I just needed something to keep me busy. A small group friend said she knew of a Starbucks manager who was hiring. Was it a job? Great, I'll take it. A few weeks later, I got a front desk job at a hotel. Then in my spare time, I organized an electric vehicle marketing event. After seeing some success with that event, I began going back to solar industry networking events. At the first one I went to, I made a connection who later called me about an immediate opening for a consulting project. I took it. Just days later came an opportunity which I had been hoping and praying for. I received a call from a recruiter representing a fast-growing solar equipment supplier who was looking for a sales manager for the entire Western US. I was hired for that job as well. And remember that interview that I bombed right in my mental health breakdown? I ended up winning their business and they became our largest customer. Since then, the Lord has continued to bless my work and startup endeavors as I continue to seek his guidance in each decision. There's ups and downs along the way. Looking back, I realized I had allowed my career to define too much of my identity. And when I experienced public failure, I let that failure define me. I was paralyzed by the fear of being viewed as a failure. After going through some dark valleys, God showed me that my worth and my identity is in Jesus. And they're not tied to my success in my, in my work or anything else on earth. My identity is in him. He loves me and has a plan for my life greater than I can possibly imagine. And because my identity is in him, I choose not to let that fear of failure direct my life or define my identity anymore. Thanks for letting me share my story with you. Great job. Great. Okay, so I've given you four things you need to remember to lower the fear of failure in your life. Now let's look at what to do, okay? Number five, the fifth thing in this, these eight things to do, number five is refuse to compare myself to others. Now the Bible has a lot to say about this because this is the root of the fear of failure. When we're comparing ourselves to other people, we always get in trouble. 
This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We're so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. Did you know you can start every day with hope and encouragement from Pastor Rick? Well, you can when you sign up to receive his life-changing daily Bible teaching delivered directly to your inbox. Just go to PastorRick.com and sign up for his free Daily Hope devotional. Don't miss out. Sign up now at PastorRick.com. Rick will be back in just a moment, but first, we've got something truly special to share with you today. If you've ever felt that you're made for something more, if you've ever had a dream that seemed just out of reach, we've got the perfect resource for you. Introducing the brand new Created to Dream Journal by best-selling author and pastor Rick Warren. It's not just any journal. It's your key to unlocking your God-given dreams and purpose. Pastor Rick's wisdom and guidance are now at your fingertips, right there on the pages of this incredible journal. You'll embark on a transformative path to strengthen your faith, stretch your imagination, and expand your horizon. The Created to Dream Journal includes scripture passages, excerpts from the Created to Dream book, journaling prompts, and thought-provoking activities. It's an experience designed to help you find your unique purpose in life. This journal is perfect on its own or as a companion to the Created to Dream book. Don't miss out on the greatest adventure of your life. Get started on your journey today by requesting your very own copy of the new Created to Dream journal. And we'll send it to you today when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the hope of Jesus to people here and around the world. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy. That's PastorRick.com. Or you can just text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. That's the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. There's only three days left to get this great resource, so don't wait. Here's Pastor Rick with a letter from one of our listeners. Hi, everybody. Today I want to read part of a letter that I received from June, who is a prisoner that was given a second chance by God. He wrote this. I'm a prisoner here in the National Penitentiary serving my sentence. I came to know the Lord inside myself 13 years ago, and now I'm serving the Lord as an inmate pastor. Rick, I always use your Daily Hope preaching and devotionals in sharing the words of God to my fellow prisoners. And I see people come to the Lord in many, many ways. You know, before I was in prison and I came to know the Lord, I was a high-ranking police officer. And I was about to commit suicide because of the numerous charges filed against me. But when God saved me physically and spiritually, my journey in prison became the most wonderful vessel used by God to manifest his love to me. He never leaves me, nor forsakes me, and may his name always be glorified. Thank you, Pastor Rick. You're an inspiration and encouragement to all of us. Well, June, it's amazing to know uh, your story and to hear that you're using the Daily Hope messages to teach your fellow inmates about Jesus Christ. That is fantastic. I couldn't be more happy. They need to hear that God gives second chances. They need to hear that he still has a plan and purpose for their lives, even though they're in prison. Your story is a great reminder 
that any one of us can use what we learn through Daily Hope, podcasts, devotionals, and we can take these things and teach others about God's grace and forgiveness and unconditional love. Keep it up, my friend. God bless you. If you'd like to bless Pastor Rick by letting him know how much this broadcast has helped you, please send him an email at rick at pastorrick.com. That's rick at pastorrick.com. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.